Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video, we're going to be going in depth into my week number four quarterback start or sit decisions. We're going to be talking through every single matchup from Thursday night football all the way until Monday night football and I'll be telling you guys whether I believe you should start or sit the quarterbacks in all of those games. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, then please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below and while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure you leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you want to check out my weekly rankings, as well as get an answer to any of the questions you guys may have, make sure you guys check out the Patreon link in the video description or in the pinned comment for $7.50 a month. So without further ado, let's get into my week number four, quarterback start or sit decisions. We begin with Thursday Night Football, the Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers. In this matchup, I like both Jared Goff as well as Jordan Love. So for the Goffinator, Jared Goff, he's currently the quarterback 10 on the season. Now this matchup up against the Green Bay Packers defense isn't necessarily a wet dream. It's not the most ideal matchup for a quarterback but with how Goff has performed up against the Packers over the last couple of years and how strongly this Detroit Lions offense is built, I do really believe that Jared Goff, even up against a tough Packers defense, should be able to finish anywhere from quarterback 12 through 16. Again, since this isn't the most ideal matchup, I don't think this is really the game to flag plant for Jared Goff, where Jared Goff goes out there and backhand slaps the Green Bay Packers like his name was Will Smith. But ultimately, he is still a start-worthy quarterback. He is going to be just fine in week number four on Thursday Night Football up against the Packers defense. And again, this offense is built very strongly, so it wouldn't be shocking if Goff finished as like the quarterback seven or eight on the week, but I am being a little bit more pessimistic, just saying, you know what? Let's call a spade a spade. This Lions offense is good. Goff looks good. The matchup is not super ideal. So quarterback 12 through 16 feels like a fair range for Goff. Jordan, love me tender, love me sweet, has a great matchup up against this Detroit Lions defense. I know Aiden Hutchinson is a fucking beast of a man, but outside of him, that defense is relatively mid. Jordan Love is currently the quarterback four on the season, and I will be firing him up with supreme confidence this week. Now, I know entering into the season, basically everyone and their mother was very scared of Jordan Love. I was someone that was pretty high on Jordan Love. I talked about how when it comes to Christian Watson, who hopefully will have his first game of the year this week on Thursday Night Football against the Lions, but I talked about how a lot of people are worried because Rodgers is gone and they think that magically, just like Humpty Dumpty, Christian Watson's going to fall off the wall. He's going to fall off from where you drafted him. He's going to end up being a bust because Jordan Love Me Tender, Love Me Sweet isn't good enough. And even while I was relatively high on Jordan Love. I didn't expect him to look this good. Jordan Love has been playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He has a great matchup up against the Lions, so I'm definitely going to start him this week with a whole lot of confidence. Moving now to the beginning of the Sunday slate in London with the Atlanta Falcons at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Drizzy Drake London playing in London with the Falcons. So Desmond Ritter... This matchup is fine, if I'm being honest with you, right? We've seen the Jacksonville Jaguars defense get spit-roasted over the first couple of games of the season, right? That defense isn't very strong. But the problem with Desmond Ritter, for one, he's not good. 
He's not very good at all, even when he's given the opportunity, like he was given last week. Everything needs to go right for him in order to be a start-worthy quarterback. And even when he's throwing the ball a lot, like he was last week, he still didn't find much success up against a not-so-hot Lions defense. And then there's the other problem where, hey, if the Falcons are able to stay in this game, they're probably just going to run the ball a lot, and that runs Desmond Ritter out of opportunities to throw the rock to actually be a start-worthy quarterback. If the Atlanta Falcons ever get a quarterback that is just somewhat confident, this Falcons offense is going to be insanely cracked because then I think Kyle Pitts and Drizzy Drake London will actually get the ball. Trevor Lawrence has been down bad over the last two weeks. Week one, the season starts, and this guy was on fire. Trevor Lawrence was slicing and dicing his way through the Colts defense. They go into halftime, and I don't know if Doug Peterson fucked Trevor Lawrence's girlfriend at halftime because after that, Trevor Lawrence has been a disaster. He has been a shell of himself over the last two weeks. A bounce back feels inevitable here against the Falcons defense, but I do still have some reservations with this because of the fact that that it's in London, and we all know the games that are in London are a bit wacky. Moving to the real Sunday slate, the real Sunday slate, obviously. Still, the game in London's on Sunday, but that's like 9 a.m. If you're in California, I don't think anyone's waking up to watch the Falcons versus the Jaguars. So here's a game you want to wake up for, and here's a game that will have me erect to watch the Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. My Dolphins going up against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. This has all of the makings of a tit-for-tat rock'em sock'em robots high-scoring affair. Tua Tungavailoa versus Josh Allen. Tua Tungavailoa, despite a down week up against the Patriots in week two, has been nothing short of dominant. This man has been bending defenses over the table. He destroyed the Broncos defense last week, over 300 yards and four touchdowns. Now I get the Bills defense isn't the Broncos defense. The Bills defense isn't the Chargers defense that Tua went to pound town with week one and week three. And the Bills defense looks legit. But based upon how Tua and this offense has been playing again last week, they put up those humongous numbers. They hung 70 on the Denver Broncos and they benched Tua in the second half, and they also didn't have Jalen Waddle away, Waddle Waddle. My expectation, again, I'm as much of a doctor as Johnny Sins, though my expectation is that Jalen Waddle plays. If Jalen Waddle plays, you have Tyreek Hill. I get the defense matchup is no pushover, but you can't rank Tua outside of the top eight this week because of the upside of this being a high-scoring shootout affair. Josh Allen, you're obviously starting him as well. This man struggled in a big way in Week 1 up against the Jumbo Jets. He was struggling mentally in that game, right? He's Josh Allen. He wants to be the superhero. He wants to just throw the ball fucking deep. Instead, he threw a million interceptions. He had a fumble in that game. Josh turned the ball over. But over the last two weeks, he has bounced back, being a quarterback ranking inside the top eight over those games. Now, the Dolphins' defense is a little bit better than I think people give him credit for. So I think Josh Allen might not finish as the quarterback one, like a lot of people have him ranked as. But this could really be a shootout. 
Now, you never know. This game might end up being the opposite of what a lot of people want, right? A more low-scoring game because it is a division rivalry matchup. But ultimately, there is no way based upon how Josh Allen and Tua Tungabailoa have looked over the last couple of weeks. You know, aside from that down week one for Josh Allen and a not-so-hot week two for Tua, you have to be confident in both of these guys. Moving next to quarterbacks that you can't be confident in, at least one of them I'm definitely not confident in, the Denver Broncos at the Chicago, Chicago Bears. Now, Russell Wilson, this is an A1 steak sauce matchup for him. He has shown great improvement, great success, wah wah wee wah, like fucking Borat from last season. Last season was a disaster. Now I get Nick, the Broncos haven't won a game. So how are they showing improvements? Well, the team might not have improved, right? But Sean Payton, while teams down in the dumps, down in the gutter, he kind of fixed Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson has actually looked good. If the Dolphins weren't laying a pipe for that ass like they were a plumber last week, I think Russell Wilson probably would have had a really good showing. So this reeks of a strong bounce back game for the Broncos. Again, I know they got their back blown out by the Dolphins in 4K. It was all over the internet besides the Taylor Swift bullshit. But Russell Wilson looked good, and this Bears defense is very bad. So while, you know, it might feel gross, it might feel a little disgusting to put Russell Wilson in your lineup, I'm playing him this week against the Bears. Now, I know people are going to boo. They're going to throw fucking tomatoes at the screen. It's going to come through. It's going to fucking smack me in the face while I'm sleeping. Pause. Justin Fields of the Bears is a start. Now, I don't trust him worth shit. And I will continue to bump him down and down and down the rankings, right? He was a guy that I was uber confident in week one. And as the weeks have gone on, he's been falling and falling and falling down the rankings. But... This Broncos defense isn't the best, so this matchup feels like a get-right game. And the problem is, I'm going to fucking talk myself into playing Justin Fields the next couple of weeks because he has more matchups where it feels like a get-right spot for him. I hope they fire Eberflus and get someone in here that can figure shit out because we know Justin Fields, deep inside of him, is that quarterback from the end of last season, halfway through last season, that was one of the best fantasy quarterbacks. Weak. Winning, right? A guy that would hang 30 fantasy points like it was nothing with a not-so-hot offense. He has wiki-wiki DJ Moore. Figure it out, Justin Fields. Again, he's a start, but he's not ranked very highly, even if I think he does have that upside. Next up, we got the Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, hit that subscribe button down below. Hit that like button down below as well if you are new to the channel or not. You can hit that like button. If you are new, hit that subscribe button. Last week, it felt like we got a vintage version of both Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. Last week, a real strong game out of Lamar. He had 200 passing yards, 100 rushing yards, and two touchdowns, even though they somehow lost up against the Indianapolis Colts. The matchup here against the Browns isn't amazing, right? We've been talking about the Browns defense over the last couple of weeks as looking mighty fine, one of the better defenses in the NFL. But we know that in any game, with how well Lamar Jackson runs the rock, he could finish as a top three quarterback, even if he was going up against the 85 Bears defense. So again, Lamar Jackson, even in tougher matchups, you're never really going to talk yourself into sitting him. Sure, maybe his floor is a little bit lower, but the upside is still very, very high. Deshaun Watson going up against the Ravens defense that I would say is pretty mid. Wouldn't say that the world beaters also wouldn't say that there's some soft serve cupcake matchup. 
Watson should finish around the top 12 at the quarterback position. He looked real good last week, had a strong week one, really bad week two against the Steelers, stronger week three. So if Watson continues to play like he has and he continues to feed the rock to Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore, there's no reason that even without Nicholas Chubb, that this Cleveland Browns offense could continue to keep rolling and Deshaun Watson continue to keep playing well. Obviously, if I had to pick one or the other, I would definitely lean with Lamar. Next game here, we got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Titans, the Tennessee Titans. Now, Joe Shiesty, Joe Burr, has yet to be a top 18 quarterback in fantasy football through the first three weeks of the season. But this week is his best matchup yet. We talked about the Tennessee Titans defense last week. They are rock solid, like your cock on a gas station pill against the run, right? They're stopping the run left and right. Very good at stopping the run. Now, I know Nick Jerome Ford played uh, really well last week. I know, but that's because he scored touchdowns, right? That defense is strong against the run, and I strongly believe that. But against the pass, they are a sieve. Deshaun Watson torched them. I think Joe Burrow is going to have a lot of upside in this game. Now, it's still important to note that while this is a wet dream matchup, my confidence is still not at an all-time high with Burrow because it appears that either that injury is really impacting his play or the injury is impacting his mentals. He's nervous about getting hit lower down in the body and it's affecting his play. Because while Jamar Chase was feasting like a fat kid on some fucking cake, Burrow still didn't have the best of games against the Rams. Now, again, he's still dealing with the injuries, but there was a lot of throws where it's like, it just felt like the mentals were off for Burrow. Like something was wrong deep down that he just couldn't shake. And hopefully he's able to shake and bake like he's in the Talladega Knights this week up against the Titans. Tannehill is only startable in the most ideal matchups. I'm not talking about like a mid matchup, right? We're going up against a mid defense I'm talking about some of the worst defenses in the NFL. If Tannehill was going up against his own pass defense, then sign me up. But this week, he's got the Bengals, who kind of look like they're improving week over week. So don't want to be starting Ryan Tannehill. Next up, we got the LA Rams at the Indianapolis Colts. Anthony Richardson or Gardner Minshew versus... Matthew Stafford. So Anthony Richardson is still in the concussion protocol as we speak. Maybe we get an update later today on Wednesday that says, oh, Anthony Richardson is progressing. Looks like he's going to play. That's great. So I wouldn't rule him out, though, for Sunday has shown he has what it takes to be a top three fantasy football quarterback, top five fantasy football quarterback, right? His rushing skills are insane. Josh Downs, Michael Pittman playing real well, and Zach Moss magically reincarnated his NFL career, and he looks good as well. So if Richardson plays, I'm playing him up against the Rams defense. Again, I don't think this is a pushover matchup, but nothing crazy. The Rams defense, again, they're not the Rams defense of like two years ago, but they're also much better than I initially thought they would be. If Richardson doesn't play, then we got Gardner Minshew, the mustache man. He played well enough to beat the Ravens despite pulling a Dan Orlovsky in that game. But while he was good enough to beat the Ravens, there is a difference between being good enough to win a game where your running back runs a million times, you just kind of don't fuck everything up, and being good enough to start in fantasy football. Again, I like Gardner Minshew. I've been a Gardner Minshew fan for years. 
But at the end of the day, if Anthony Richardson misses, I'm not fucking running to the waiver wire to pick up Gardner Minshew. Matthew Stafford has had back-to-back weeks of throwing two interceptions. He is close to being start-worthy due to the matchup. But again, I want him to put more together, right? Stop throwing these stupid fucking interceptions. Again, he's fine enough for Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell and Kyron Williams to have good games, but... For him to really have that big game, he needs to stop turning the ball over like his name was Josh Allen. Next game, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints, a revenge game for famous Jameis Winston. But before we break down this game in depth at the quarterback position, as well as the rest of the games all the way up until Monday Night Football, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play the pick'em for the NFL in the whole entire universe. And Underdog has a great offer for you guys today that I'm going to speak about in just a couple of seconds. First, I want you guys to understand how Underdog Pick'em works. For instance, we're going to be talking here about the Sunday London game. I believe that Bijan Robinson's going to bounce back after a poor performance last week, getting higher than 92 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. And I also believe that Trevor Lawrence is going to have a much better game than he's had over the last two weeks of the season. So higher than 241 and a half passing yards. The max bet on this is a thousand dollars. For instance, if we put in five dollars here and both picks hit, we would get three times our entry fee. If we want to do three picks, we get six times, four picks are 10 times, and five picks are 20 times your entry fee. If you are new to underdog fantasy and live in one of the states that are on your screen right now, you can actually get a first match deposit bonus of up to $500. So if you deposit 500, they'll give you an additional 500. If you do 200, additional 200, 100, and additional 100, the minimum deposit on underdog fantasy is $10. So again, if you are new, make sure you use promo code notorious or click on the link in the video description for a first match deposit bonus up to $500. And if you have a gambling problem, make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here, in case you forgot, we got the Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints, the famous Jameis Eda W. Winston revenge game. Baker started off the season solid. He had a down game last week against Philly, which you know that defense did look suspect, right? Mac Jones had his way with that defense week once. So it was like, oh, and the Vikings looking against them. Oh, maybe this Eagles defense isn't the Eagles defense from the past. They probably are, though, right? They just got a little unlucky, I guess, the first two weeks. So Baker is a start-worthy quarterback in positive matchups. This just isn't a positive matchup. It's the exact fucking opposite of that. I don't think a lot of people give the Saints credit, the Saints defense at least, the credit that they deserve. So while I like Baker and while it's awesome to watch him play and he's got Evans, hopefully Evans doesn't fucking have a WWE match, SmackDown versus Raw at center field on the Saints logo against Marshawn Lattimore, but we never know about that. But Baker, I'm sitting him down this week again. The matchup just isn't good enough for me to feel confident. Famous Jameis Winston did look solid in the relief of Carr, and if you are in a real pickle, you could start Jameis, but when you play Jameis, you just have to understand who Jameis Winston is. If you're someone that has been watching the NFL for a long time, you're newer to the art of famous Jameis, this motherfucker is a loose cannon, right? He will have a game where he throws four touchdowns, one interception, 300 yards, look insane. Then the next week, instead of four touchdowns, it's four interceptions. He looks like Stevie Wonder out there, right? 
He has high upside. He's going to throw picks probably. Even on his good games, he's probably going to throw two fucking picks. But he could throw for four touchdowns against the Buccaneers defense in a revenge game. But you have to understand, it's never really just mid with Jameis Winston, right? He never really just cruises to a decent game where it's like, hey, he didn't bend my team over the table. But he also didn't really win me my week. It's normally either this guy completely sinks your fucking battleship or this guy ends up smacking your opponent up forehand, backhand, like the key and peel sketch. So Baker, famous Jameis are both sits, but I'm rooting for Jameis. I like Baker, but I love me some famous Jameis Winston. Next up, we got the Washington Commanders at the Philadelphia Eagles. Sam Howell started off the season Hot, 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 hot 14 quarterback in the first two weeks. Give him a round of applause. He looked good. But then he came back down to earth in week three, and he was dead last at quarterback, the QB 32. I feel like Sam Howell isn't as bad as we saw last week against the Bills defense, but I also don't feel like the Eagles defense is necessarily some easy pickings like it seemed like in the first two games. So while I like Sam Howell, while I like this Eric Bieniemy new look, Washington left hands up, who are we, the commander's offense? And I feel like he's going to bounce back in a way, right? He's not going to be absolute garbage like he was against the Bills, right? He was seeing fucking ghosts out there. Shout out Sam Darnold. But against the Eagles defense, you should leave him on your bench. Jalen Hurts. Uh, you don't need to have a degree in rocket science, right? You don't need to be some genius Albert Einstein equals MC squared to figure out that you need to play Hurts. Currently, the quarterback six on the season must start quarterback every single week. The commander's defense might be a little overrated, but again, I don't think anyone's really overrating them. They're just pretty average defense in the NFL. We do know, though, that sometimes these like in-division matchups, like realistically, on paper, the Eagles should hit the 6-1-9 Rey Mysterio on the Commanders, but maybe this game just ends up being low scoring and close for no fucking reason, but because they're in the same division. But again, you're obviously starting Jalen Hurts. Best offensive line in the NFL, in my opinion. Two of the best weapons in the NFL. Great tight end. DeAndre Swift is right behind him. Things are looking mighty fine for the Eagles yet again this season. And we know Jalen Hurts is going to get a touchdown in this game because they're going to run that bullshit tush, push play. Now, again, if my Dolphins were running that and it was effective every single play, then I would be like, oh, that should be legal. But uh, someone whose team doesn't do that seems a little bullshit. Next up, we move to the Minnesota Vikings. Cold like Minnesota at the Carolina Panthers. You like that, Kirk? Cousins, at this point, is a must-start. Uh, this guy is the quarterback, drumroll please, blah, quarterback one on the season, which is fucking insane. Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins is like the missionary sex of a quarterback in fantasy football normally. Finishes from like quarterback 10 to 16 every week, unless it's in prime time, then those games he sucks. But this year, this man has turned into the wheelbarrow position. This man's been hitting it fucking doggy, reverse cowgirl, every which way. Quarterback, one on the season, and it, it does feel insane to me. Jefferson looks great. Addison looks great. Hawkinson looks great. And this is a great matchup against the Panthers' defense. The Vikings' defense might be dog shit. Might be laughably bad. And are the reason why the Vikings are 0-3? But this offense is humming. This offense is cracked, as the kids would say. And 
I love Kirko Chains Kirk Thuggins this week against the Panthers. Now, the Panthers quarterback situation is a little bit more muggy. Now, I don't really mean that in the way of Andy Dalton's going to take over as the quarterback one, but more in the way of we don't really know what's happening with Bryce Young, if he's going to play on Sunday or not. Because Frank Reich, head coach of the team yesterday, Tuesday, says uh, he doesn't know yet if Young will play on Sunday, right? That doesn't sound very positive. If Bryce Young plays, I'm not playing Bryce Young. Again, I'm not trying to tell you that Bryce Young just sucks ass and he's never going to succeed at the NFL level because I believe he's a very talented quarterback prospect. I think that as the season goes along, he's going to get better. He has Thielen. He has uh, DJ Chark, Miles Sanders. These options, Jonathan Mingo to throw the ball to, right? It's not like he's in the worst situation ever. But it takes time, right? Whereas the Red Rifle comes in last week against the Seahawks quarterback, seven on the week. Now, he's a good matchup this week against the Vikings, but we know Andy Dalton, right? Especially as backup quarterback Andy Dalton. He'll come in, he'll have a great game, and everyone's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit, it's time to start Andy Dalton. It's Andy Dalton time. It's the Ginger Ninja Red Rifle time. Let's go. And then he shits the bed. So, again, I don't necessarily trust him, but I would rank him inside the top 20-ish quarterbacks on the week. And if you're really down bad at quarterback, that's not bad. And if you're in a two-quarterback league, that is certainly not bad. But again, if Bryce Young plays, I would definitely sit him. And then you're obviously sitting Andy Dalton. Next up, we got the Steelers at the Houston Texans. Now, C.J. Stroud has had back-to-back Michael Jordan 96-97 weeks as a top 13 quarterback. And he looks so fresh, so clean. He looks good. He looks real good. He looks like the best rookie quarterback Besides Richardson, you might even argue that Stroud looks better than Richardson because we've seen three games of Stroud and we've seen like uh, 1.4 games of Richardson, right? We've seen a lot of Stroud, not a lot of Richardson. I like what I see out of Stroud. I like that he is Nico Cousin, let's go bowling. I like that he has Tank Dell, Robert Woods. Now, I don't like the offensive line. Hopefully when they get healthy, they get better, but I'm not necessarily all out on the Texans O-line, but I hope they get better for Damian Pierce's sake. Damian Pierce last week also looked really good in the pass-catching area of his game that a lot of people kind of slung mud at entering into the fantasy season saying he couldn't catch passes, which is pretty clear that he can. But in order for Pierce to be like a must-start guy weekly and like a guy I will highly tout, the offensive line does need to get better. This matchup against the Steelers just scares me away from C.J. Stroud. Could he finish as like the quarterback 15, 100%? We saw Jimmy Guap look good against the Steelers defense last week, but this is a rookie going up against one of the tougher defenses, going up against T.J. Watt with an offensive line that is about as useful as a wet napkin. I'm going to sit Stroud this week. Kenny Pickett has his best game of the season. Hallelujah. Finally, Kenny Pickett shows up that small hands bastard. But at the end of the day, Texans defense is better than the Raiders. I've been talking about this for weeks, that I think the Texans defense is a little sneaky good, that D'Amico Ryan's defensive genius, defensive guru, head coach of the team, got the boys humming defensively. So I think this is a comeback dirt. Come back down, come back down to earth game for any picket. Next up, we move to the Las Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Chargers. Now for the Raiders, we got Jimmy Guap, Jimmy G-Spot, Jimmy Pornstar, or Brian Hoyer. We got the sexiest man on earth. 
And a guy that doesn't look too bad, Brian Hoyer. Oz, you know, bald, but not, not an ugly-looking guy. But obviously, no one's as sexy as Jimmy G. Still in the concussion protocol. Honestly, hasn't even looked bad. Gotta give him some credit for how he looked last week, even if he was fucking concussed in the second half of the game or whatever that injury ended up happening. Hopefully he's okay, though. Again, as a Dolphins fan, as someone who saw Tua get lit up like a Christmas tree and that injury and all that happened afterwards, like, that was very scary. Um, I, I hope that, you know, if Jimmy Garoppolo is good to go, they play him. If he's not, they sit him, right? Obviously, our entertainment isn't the most important thing for week fucking four, right? If Jimmy Garoppolo's in or not, rather have Jimmy Guap healthy. Either way, though, I'm not starting Jimmy Garoppolo, but the matchup is good. Uh, Brian Hoyer is a serviceable backup for NFL purposes, right? Chargers aren't that great. They're great offensively, not so hot defensively. Like, Brian Hoyer could somehow fall ass-backwards into beating the Chargers because Brandon Staley is an idiot, right? He's a buffoon. So, could Brian Hoyer win this game? Yes. But is it going to be because Brian Hoyer has this fantastic day where he's slicing and dicing his way through the defense like he's playing Fruit Ninja? No. So, uh, Hoyer's a sit. Jimmy G plays. He's close to being a start, but just not for me. But there are some guys here that you could be like, Nick, I I'd rather start... Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo over Daniel Jones, and while I wouldn't do that, not surprising that someone would have that thought. And again, a guy like Andy Dalton or Jimmy Garoppolo would move up if Anthony Richardson does not end up playing. So, moving back to what we are actually talking about here, Justin Herbert, LA Chargers, currently the quarterback two on the season. Even without Mike Williams, Herbert could easily be the quarterback one this week, just like he was last week up against the Minnesota Vikings. Now, Justin Herbert has been playing well, even without Austin Eckler. But once Eckler comes back, you would think that things are going to get even better for Herbert. Now, again, this Chargers team might just continue to be shit. Like, I know they beat the Vikings, but they, sh they shot themselves in the foot in that game. The Chargers really should have lost, and they still won, right? They just, like, the Vikings fucked it up. So... Herbert's been looking good, though. There's a lot to say about Staley, but there's a lot of good things to say about Herbert. I'm not here to give him the gawk gawk 9,000, but you're obviously starting him up against a garbage Raiders defense. Next up, we got the New England Patriots at the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry's world. Mac Jones in week one looked good against Philly, but outside of that, he has been nothing but mid. He's only startable in matchups where it's like the best matchup possible, right? Against a defense... That just has no semblance of chemistry. Then, hey, throw out Mac Jones, right? But against the Cowboys, I know Nick Josh Dobbs just looked good against the Cowboys. Maybe the Cowboys defense is fraudulent. Even if you think that, and I think that could be possible, there's no way in fuck I'm playing Mac Jones against the Cowboys defense. Dak Prescott has yet to finish inside the top 16 at the quarterback position. Now, I get that Dak wasn't drafted super highly at the quarterback position, so you can throw some excuses his way. But at the end of the fucking day, I expect this guy to be a top 16 quarterback basically weekly. And he's the quarterback 25 on the season. He looked legitimately bad. He looked lost against the Arizona Cardinals. Bro needed a GPS. It was like when fucking Michael ends up driving into the water in the office because he doesn't have his GPS, right? That's what the fucking offense is doing. Now, again, I'm not blaming completely Dak, right? I'm not saying it's all on Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott fucking sucks cock, right? This, that, and the other thing, right? Dak Prescott hasn't been good, but there's also some blame to throw on that fat fuck calling the plays on the sideline, Mike McCarthy. 
Itchard's defense isn't bad. This is a tough matchup. I'm not playing Dickie Dak Prescott. Next up, we move to the Arizona Cardinals at the 49ers. Joshua Dobbs was looking surgical against that Dallas Cowboys defense, and he has looked good in weeks two and week number three. So outside that game in week number one where against the Commanders, he just kind of looked off, Dobbs deserves a lot of credit from me and the whole world for how he played last week. He shocked the world against the Cowboys. But when push comes to shove, call it a spade a spade here. He's not doing that against the 49ers defense. He's just not. Now I get the Cowboys defense fucking stumbled. They crumbled. They fell. But we're not seeing that with the 49ers defense. So Dobbs, I'll give him as much credit as possible. But he's not doing that. He doesn't have the facilities for that against the 49ers. Big cock Brock Purdy. Currently the quarterback, 13 on the season. Very reliable week in and week out. Great matchup against the AZ defense. Hopefully Brandon Ayuk does end up playing. Because it seems like Ayuk is... Hardy's favorite option to throw the ball to. Last year, though, it seems like it was Kittle, and this year Kittle has been doing his best John Cena impression. He hasn't been throwing the ball to him much, so this guy's got a stacked options to throw the rock to. You can throw it to McCaffrey. You can throw it to Debo, hopefully Ayuk or Kittle, you know. Or you can throw it to fucking Ronnie Bell. Jawan Jennings, right? He's got a lot of boys to throw the rock to. Again, I don't want to go crazy in depth with Purdy. I know Dak struggled against the Cardinals defense. I just don't think... I just don't think Purdy is going to do that. Next up, we got the Kansas City Chiefs at the New York Jumbo Jets on Sunday night football. And I made this joke a million times, so I might sound like a broken record, but you did not wait all day for Sunday night for this shit. You could just go to bed. Don't even bother watching. Who cares, man? Who fucking cares, man? Zach Wilson sucks. Zach Wilson is so bad. And there's allegedly a mutiny going on in the Jets locker room. From what I read, a little birdie told me on Twitter... That uh, apparently someone launched a fucking ball in practice yesterday. And then this might be Fugazi. Who knows? At Robert Salah. Fucking chucked the ball at him. The, apparently the locker room is in shambles because they keep rolling out Zach Wilson. Now I know they just brought in the semen man, Trevor Simeon. It's not like Trevor Simeon's much better than Zach Wilson. So you're not starting Trevor Simeon or Zach Wilson. I'd assume it'd be Zach Wilson. So... Man, oh man, I hope for the sake of Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, for all that is good for the Jets, that they bring someone in. They should have already traded for Jameis, but they fucked up because Carr's hurt. Heineke? Strevler, their fucking preseason legend from last year? Just bring someone in, please. Please, please. I can't watch this. I can't watch it. Like, I see them on TV and I just get pissed off. And I'm not even a Jets fan. I fucking hate the Jets. My, my dad's a Jets fan. My friends are Jets fans. I hate the Jets. But I don't want to watch this bullshit. Give them a quarterback that's at least got a couple of brain cells to rub together. Pat Mahomes. Not an amazing matchup against the Jets, but he's Mahomes. He's not fucking sitting them. He's the quarterback five on the season. Fire him up with confidence. Next up, we move to the final game here. Because you waited all day for Monday night. I think the Monday night song is a little different, but I normally don't listen to it because it's not Carrie Underwood or whatever her name is. Start Gino Smith. Great matchup. Currently the quarterback 15 on the season. We've seen some struggles out of Gino, but ultimately he's got Metcalf, Lockett, and JSN. Solid offensive line. Kenneth Walker. Giants defense is just not good. So uh, Gino Smith should be a-okay. Danny Dimes outside of week two, not even outside of week two, outside of half of a game in week two has looked bad. But 
those were harder matchups against Dallas when it's in the rain, everything's going against you, you get shellacked, then you play the 49ers in prime time, you get shellacked, and now you're in prime time again. There's been four weeks, there's been three prime time Giants games. Why? Why? But uh, some real analysis here, instead of getting fucking pissed off that we have to watch the Giants and Jets on primetime again, just like week one. It's a doozy, it's a wazzy, it's a woozy. Feels like a bounce-back game for, for Danny Dimes. Feels like Vanilla Vic gets back on the saddle here and plays better against the Seahawks. Is this going to be some tremendous hoorah performance from Danny, like against the, the Cardinals? Probably not, but he's definitely serviceable. And hopefully, with better matchups, this Giants offense figures things out because... I don't want to be the guy that was high on the Giants offense, like just really thinking Brian Dable figured it out and then just getting fucking pie on my face looking like a buffoon. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying today's video, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that like button down below. It does help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. I love all you guys. If you want to check out my Patreon, link in the video description or in the pinned comment for my rankings every single week, as well as answering any of your questions, link in the description for $7.50 a month. Love you guys all so much. Have a great one. And as always, good boy.